Hey, this is Todd Pasternak, author of Lessons from the Road, Musicians as Business Leaders. And John Andrew Frederick, author of Fucking Innocent, the early films of Wes Anderson. Todd, where am I talking to you from? Los Angeles. Where are you talking to me from? I am in Palo Alto, California, so just a little bit bit north of you. Right, right, you're in the right part of California. (laughs) I've just probably having grown up in Southern California and having heaps of friends. In the Bay Area, it's only just—it's only taken me decades and decades to realize that I live in the wrong half of the of of, of the state. <laughs> Alas, so there you—you you can have that. You can have—you can have a a diehard Southern Californian just admit that you know we've got it all wrong down here, and you guys still have have it sorted brilliantly, really seriously. So I'll trade you. We're working on one it. Day. We're working on it here. Yeah. Oh yeah, good. <laughs> right, you guys don't want to, You still don't want to secede or anything. We don't blame you if you do. <laughs> it's funny. I'm actually I'm an East Coast transplant, though. So all right. Yeah, you're one of the few that didn't move to LA. <laughs> yeah, was, it's just that there, there are there just five of you. You know, they maybe they closed the border or something, and you lucked out. As it were. Anyway, how's your how's your book going? How's the promotion of your your book going? So far, so good. So far, so good. Yeah. Signals signals seem to be good. You know. Um, how about okay. you? I, I, know, I know you've got you've got a couple uh, of books out now. Yeah, right? it's like with it's it's just, it's just, it's like with music, Todd. I don't seem to be able to stop. I keep on attempting to <laughs> to quit. My T-shirt idea is music, Colin. It's worth quitting, but I don't seem to be able to follow my own glib advice here. So, anyway, but um, what occasion do you? Let's just get into it. What occasion yeah. do you writing this? This book? Did you have uh, heaps of um, people at nudging your elbow, as it were, going, "Okay, write this down. Write this down." You, you seem to have, you know, had had um, have a, more than a modicum of success as a musician. So why, you know, did did somebody urge you, you've got to, you know, you've got to help other people, you've got to help yourself to your own opinions or something, like what occasioned the penning of, of, of your, of your um, book all about how to succeed in the, the business that remains a, a perpetual and perennial you know, mystery. <laughs> yeah, and great. So great I listened to chuckle from you going, in other words, how did you have the audacity to right. say, I've got yeah. the, I've got the key to the magic castle, you know, um, what, well, what made you think that you, that that was, that, that was going to be your, your I, motif? It, yeah. I guess the first thing was knowing that I didn't have the key. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So the, the subtitle of your book could have been, I'm right. not going to give you any, here's the castle. Good luck. If it turns into a Kafka-esque kind of venture for you, have fun. Right. But I, I'm not guaranteeing anything here. And that's an enticing sort of, you know, um, it's, a, it's a bit of a selling point in a world where everybody has to have the, the, the sister of a very famous writer, um, uh, almost a household name um, told me she she said because she's a writer herself she's been working on a novel for 20 years and I dare say she'll probably work on it for another 20 and she said John you've got it you're you know you have these books out you, know, you have your band you've got to have a Twitter account and you know anytime anybody says you've got to um, it 
it rankles. I'm a bit leery of that, but you know, okay, let's launch into this. Get back to you know your 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 thing. What yeah. what did occasion this? What did so, occasion this? The writing of this book. Yeah, so you know, like yourself, I was a you know pro- professional touring and recording musician for you know for just ten ten plus years. For me, I I kind of just hit hit a wall, you know, after sure, uh, you know, as as many artists do after the brutality of being on the road and, you know, just navigating labels and, and all that fun shit. Um, right. Just sort of I found myself switching gears and fortunately switching gears into something that I started to really dig, which was kind of unexpected. So I started to get into digital marketing and, and tech and, and coding. And I was like, how the hell do I, how, how did this happen? And how and how did I sort of fall well, in love and fall in love with this? Um, well, there's no that you know that kind of that harks uh, that that evokes this idea, particularly in America and in and in England as well, of the, of people just you know in some ways um, marveling if not resenting um, people who can do more than one thing. <laughs> they want to sure. think of you. They really do. It seems, you know, and, and limited and unless somebody has an artistic sensibility and or an open mind, it's very hard for them to think, wait, you know, you, uh, you're, I thought you were a musician. So they, they, that they've disturbed the little, the, the, the you know, that there's been uh, the, the feathers in the pigeonhole have been ruffled fairness, by the notion. Though. Yeah. In all fairness, though, I mean, I, I had the same view of myself, right? I mean, I had the same view of, right. this, you know, sure. this is who I am. Uh, and, I, and I think when right. you do something for long enough, that just becomes your identity. And, um, and you know, part of, you know, what, what ultimately got me to write in the book, which I'll get to in a sec, was sort of just, just that discovery that, yeah, you, you, can, you can do other things, Todd. And, sure. <laughs> and you can be good at yeah. other things. And, 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 you know, cut to, you know, years later, you know, in, you know, being in different, working different like agencies and, and technology companies and, uh, and working with some, you know, some major brands and consulting with them. Uh, it was just really strange to, in this sort of circle, start finding more former professional musicians who had similar stories as myself that they just it's not that either they stopped playing but they just found something else that they really dug and went all in and they still play but what was the aha moment for the book was i i started to recognize these sort of techniques and things that i had acquired you know being stuck in a van you know or a bus you know with with a you know with your bandmates and and tiny, tiny, tiny crew of, you know, one or two, um, (laughs) that, uh, you know, uh, that became applicable in like this new business setting in the quote unquote office and meeting more and more folks like that. I was like, holy shit, I think there's something here. So then I just went to town. I was like, it wasn't even about a book yet. It was just like, let me just start chatting up people who sort of shared the similar journey and asked him a bunch of questions, sort of, you know, you know, Phil Donahue style, you know, and uh, I just sure. dated, dated myself there. Um, but um, and and then realized that there was 
there was something to be told and 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 that there could be value for other folks reading reading this that there really were some some really interesting lessons to to take out so that's how the book all right came together can you encapsulate can you encapsulate you know the can you give me three of them three of the three of the greatest lessons that that sort of call together what you know your guru-ish wisdom plus what you've learned from talking to other people and soliciting their advice about, okay, you know, you have a band, you have a record, you've got some drive and ambition, you've got some people behind you. What yeah. are the three things you'd say, you know, that, that, that the, the top three things that you'd say that these aren't necessarily magic, but they're yeah. approximated? I'll give you three. The first is just like taking risk and having the freedom to fail. And this idea that, you know, the quote unquote right note is only a half step away. Um, you know, and, and just this concept that, you know, music's temporal and it, it happens, it's over. Uh, and I think in business, that's a really tough concept to really embrace and, and, and uh, you know, include in your, in your culture uh, because there's a bottom line. Uh, but the truth is the, the greatest things that happen or the greatest moments, product ideas, um, organizational ideas, I think happen when you try things out really quickly, see if they work, if they don't work, you move on, you go, go forward. And I think bands sort of do that instinctively, you know, in the rehearsal studio uh, or on the road, right? Like, or, or, or live, you know, if you're an improvisational band, you, you get used, you, well, first you have that trust with your band and then you have that freedom to go take risks. So I think that's number one, just having having the freedom to fail. I think the second one. Okay, the, okay. Yeah. Give me an example of a yeah. uh, of a free falling failure, then, you know, or, or the risk. Your notion of what a failure is is it is it a band switching genres? Is it a band refusing to do? about having an anti-press approach to be mysterious in a world where everyone's, you know, got a Twitter account and accessible and yeah. the idea of the mystery of rock, if we just want to narrow it down to one genre, you know, the, the mystery of rock is just, it's, it's something that seems like, like it's evaporated a little bit that we know, we, you, know, you know, everything about your friends via the egregious thing that is Facebook. And now the thing's kind of transferred over to, you know, you know, you know, way too much about people that um, that would have remained right an immense mystery. All you knew about Jimi Hendrix as a kid having the Are You Experienced or Smashed Hits record was that he was a really cool looking guy with some psychedelic clothes. And um, when you put on the record, he's, you know, got this mad, mad guitar style with terrific songs. So. You know, is that an example of something of, of, of uh, you know, retreating from the information glut? I think or, it's, or, I think it's less about the information. That, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's less about the information piece and sort of the mis the mystery. Um, so in, in a in a business setting, uh, I think businesses can very much get rigid and scared to experiment and they think it's costly. Um, they think that if they make the wrong move, it could completely affect the way that they're perceived in the market. And uh, I think with bands, um, there's, there is this sort of the spirit of the, uh, well, certainly in rock, there's certainly the spirit of the fuck you, 
Um, you know, like yeah. we, we don't care, right. but it's, it's, it's beyond. Sure. It's beyond that. It it really is the in an organization having the trust to try the things out and not get into this rut of this is the way we do it. I think if you don't innovate, you're dead. And and that's music, that's business. And again, I think musicians sort of have that unfair advantage of they sort of do that instinctively. Um, at least the great, in my opinion, like great bands do that. Not all bands. All bands sort of get it. Can, you know, some bands can certainly get into their rut as well. Um, sort of try to, you know, recapture, you know, the spirit of, you know, the first album. You know, let's just recreate the first album. But, you know, or sound, they, they don't uh, consciously set out to do that, but they end up doing that. They don't push themselves. But I think where great okay. artists and great businesses succeed is when they put put themselves out on the line and take the risk. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, that that was that was number one. Number two, um, I think it's sort of resilience, like adapting to change, um, and that sort of the, through the power of listening. Um, you're also talking to someone who came from. Uh, uh, you know, one of the genres of music that I played a lot, um, and you can totally bash me for this. It's fine, John. Um, <laughs> I was in sort of what the makes- like improvisation, like jam kind of scene in in like the '90s. So it was very much about um, uh, it was about having great songs, but it was also having um, the uh, we sort of leaned a lot on. The live setting as well and say hey where can this song go in the moment and the only way you can get to somewhere sort of musical and meaningful and stay connected to your audience is if you really are listening to each other on stage and not just like i'm just gonna you know shred some guitar licks or i'm gonna play the most awesome fills or whatever the hell it is uh if you're not in the musical moment Nothing is really going to connect. You're not going to connect with your bandmates. You're not going to connect with the audience. It's going to be shit. And oftentimes, again, sort of translating this into a lesson for a business setting, I've sat in so many meetings, and I'm, I've been guilty of this myself, where you already have the answer ready. You already have the response. Uh, and you're not even listening to what other people in the room are saying. And, and you're trying to, you know, get to some consensus on something. You're trying to just move the business forward or you just, whatever the heck it is, whatever reason you're, you're there, uh, you're already prepared to say something. And I don't know about you, but, you know, you show up to, you know, a, a rehearsal to go write some music. And if you're so locked in your ways of like how a song should be written, how a riff should be played, um, I think you just missed the opportunity to at least hear something different. You can come back to you being, you know, the, the one who said, no, no, th- this is, this is it. Um, I, I think we've explored all these other ideas, but I, it sounds like this is what really is powerful. Uh, and in, again, in the business setting, if you're not opening up your ears, you're going to miss those similar opportunities. Okay. And then, um, geesh, I guess the third thing, um, I think it's just like getting the best at, like, how do you get the best out of people? Um, and this one's really tricky. Um, and I've, 
I've been reading your books, so <laughs> I see the, you know, the, the, you know, you have a deep appreciation of navigating personalities in tight quarters, um, you know, for long periods of time. So I think those experiences of touring with just a few other individuals in tight quarters uh, in a potentially like monotonous situation, right? Um, gets you well tuned up to figure out how to how to navigate personalities overall, like outside of the band setting. Uh-huh. Uh, and and that's become, I think, a really useful thing uh, in the business setting. Um, or even forget the live setting. I think in the studio too, if you work with a great producer, a great producer, you know, has a bag full of magic tricks, right? They just know how to pull out the performance without crossing the line uh, into uh, almost stifling your creativity. Or if you're, um, if you're too tentative, you know, to, for your, uh, on your part, you know, uh, will, will, what a producer says make you, you know, totally retreat or will it open you up? So how do you use some of those ways of talking with people, connecting with people and really finding their strengths and letting them know about them to get like the best out of them for whether it's a performance or again, whether it's in an office, whether it's in, in a business setting and you're trying to, you know, put out some, some new product into the world. So there you go. Those are my three. All right. Those all seem um, infinitely variable, but, uh, um, and, but, but for, you know, practical as well. And perhaps also dependent upon the perspicacity or sensitivity of, you know, of the person who's trying to, you know, put this, put, put float that particular boat. So, I mean, it's, it's almost as though saying, look, learn, to, learn, learn to be, if you want to, if you want to be a successful musician, or you want to have a shot at it because of course, many's, you know, many's the wonderful band artist, et cetera, who's, Stuff remains utterly obscure. I mean, it's it's great. There's no guarantee. It used to be. Remember this article or this interview that Paul Theroux did with his mentor um, B.S. Nepal, the you know British um, Trinidadian novelist. And and Nepal told him when he was through first starting out, he said, you know, never mind if your books don't sell. Initially, a good book will find its way, will make its way. Now, mind you, that's the 60s again, referencing that, you know, when that was that was told. And there's no, you know, uh, one the one writer told the other. And there's no, I wonder if that's even the case anymore, that, that this idea, I mean, that part of your book is predicated on the notion that, and this has been shrieked at me many the time by people in the quote-unquote industry have said, you you know, you're a, you're a ridiculous, um, you know, uh, business person, John, you don't, you know, you're no good at all about running the business. It's a music business. It's not an oxymoron and, and, and stuff that you've got to, you know, again, one of these things where someone's barking, you know, going, you've got to do this in order to, 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 um, to have your, give your music the best chance at being heard. So, um, 
I mean, that is, that's kind of, that can be depressing, but I guess if you put it in those terms of, um, instead of letting yourself get depressed the way that you're kind of painting it out to just kind of go, um, instead of being bummed out about that, of going like, I'm just a guy that writes, you know, really good songs or, you know, I do what I do. Um, just to be open, to be open to the, to the idea of people who are that you know, may perhaps want, want to have some input on how you do things, you know? Um, and I like that idea of, you know, listening to, opening yourself up to to that approach yeah yeah and i don't think you know the way i approach this book too and again i so so i interviewed you know 10 folks and then had my own sort of experiences sort of woven in and it's not prescriptive you know it's not like do 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 these things now i even say up front i'm like you know read this book like you're you know listening to an album with headphones on you know, like you're going to find something right. new, like every time. And right. so, so yeah, I think it's less, less prescriptive and, and more, um, Hey, here are some stories. Same way you would listen Story to a song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think I like that. That's, that's a cool notion. Just, you know, the, I mean, nobody, nobody, you know, all those, those Rolling Stone interviews they did with brilliant songwriters from you know Roy Orbison down to Elvis Costello mm. and or Neil Young and no matter how articulate if we go from the most articulate you know a guy like Elvis Costello who's you know practically got a PhD in wordsmithery and and melody to a really cryptic per- person like Dylan who's going to go look you're learning nothing from me except for that I'm just a kook that plays with people's minds <laughs> um, but that any of those, those, you know, when I remember reading that when I first started my band, um, I'm just thinking, you know, gosh, um, no matter how articulate a person is, um, one's never going to necessarily unlock the way to be like that person or whatever. And I think you could sort of, you know, maybe add to those, those, you know, quasi maxims that you, the three of them that you just, you know, um, described, you could also say, I mean, I was on the tennis court the other day and there's this tennis coach cause you get into philosophy playing a serious sport. And this guy said, you know, at church, my pastor said, no one, you know, no one's just like you. You're utterly unique in the true sense of the word. There's no one like you, no matter how much, even if you have a twin, so why would you ever try to be like anybody else rather than just embracing the thing, the thing about you? And it seems that in so many bands, artists, writers um, go awry when they try to just go, okay, what is, you know, what's, what's, you know, what's the, what is this person that I admire doing or what's the trend? And I think that's kind of death, but it's hard if a person has that sensibility. This this rings home because somebody I know really, really well is dating a singer-songwriter, you know, female singer-songwriter who had a major label deal, and she doesn't now, and she's got a good following as a result of of that. A couple records on a major. She doesn't have a label now. She doesn't have a manager, and the 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 guys dating her, you know, said of of late, he can't count the times that she's gone. You know, she, when she wants to talk, she's interviewing people to manage her, people to produce her. She wants to know um, what what's the latest success they've had with the most vogue thing. And it seems like that that way lies madness. I don't. I wonder if you <laughs> you know agree with that that notion of 
somebody going chasing after a trend, you know, for the sake of going like this is successful. And in a way that, you know, it seems rather grasping. Like look at what you two did by inserting the record before this one into everybody's iPhone or iPad or i thingy, whatever it is. I'm a total Luddite. Obviously, we couldn't even rig up Skype. I can't stand technology. I want to throw the cell phone. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a flip phone. I'm the last person with a flip phone on AOL. You're talking to here to people saying, like, you've got to do these technological things, going like, what about my song that it's as good, that's as good as I am the walrus, kid? <laughs> it's nice to know, you know that right? in my humble in my humble estimation <laughs> but you know it's just that that seems that seems the most chilling killing thing to me when you go when you when when you hear about someone or encounter somebody who's unabashed about going i want to do what i want to this person you know did they what did they do that was just like what kendrick kendrick lamar i guess that's the latest you know gigantic artist record or what have you well, well john um, you're bringing up seems like yeah i was gonna say you're, you're bringing up a whole other other sort of theme here an idea which is around uh, for for artists certainly or, or uh, is, is how do you define success um and what are you trying to model yeah, sure, right of, yeah right? Right, right and and how yeah. much of a moving target that is um uh, I'm curious, like what what your thoughts are on that, and you know, throughout your career well, so far. I mean, how... I'm never, I'm, I'll never, I'll never be satisfied with anything. My my band has made. Uh, it's just we've just finished the the 16th full length record. The Black Watch has that I'm I'm bloody minded about it. The last couple we've done on our own label, and you know, I can't fill out a spreadsheet to give it to a distributor in England that just asked for one. I had to call my friend to do it because I can't, I just can't do that. I just, I freeze. I can't follow directions. I'm, you know, type A personality as well going, look, I'm a visionary, you know, (laughs) get away, back (laughs) off everyone because I see the full picture here. You know, in other words, I'm an, I'm the artist slash fascist that, you know, that, that, that who's, who's, Advice. This might be, you know, I'm not that, uh, you know, close-minded, but this it might be directed at, or whatever. And I'm, I've, I've often been told when I go whinging to my friends in the industry, like one friend in particular books this club called The Echo that's very huge down here. She's always saying, John, the Black Watch has done so much more than so many other bands. And my my arrogant response to that, not conceited but arrogant, is what do, what does that matter to me? who cares it's just my own obvious obvious you know like vaulting ambition here that takes over and so i guess it it really is every once in a while one takes stock and goes gosh we did some good work we did we sold some records we we got some nice kudos etc but i don't think it's ever enough for anybody is the thing to maybe to go then and just go hey you know every once in a while good advice to tell people who are fr- the frustrated artist isn't an oxymoron at all, you know, to just go, you know, take stock in the fact of what you've done and just keep on creating. I mean, just the saddest thing is when you have talented friends who just kind of get defeated by, you know, by the industry or by the thought of yeah. people passing judgment on what they do, that there is a, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of as though, you know, the, only the most bloody minded people like Lenin said very, you know, um, yeah, John, not not you know, <laughs> right. um, although, although the commie guy, his advice is really good sometimes too. 
know, John Lennon said you got to be the biggest bastard on the block in order to do it. And there's you know, not necessarily two other people, but, you know, uh, I think he meant that in a, a sort of, you know, you, you have to be kind of pitiless, have a sort of a ruthless attitude with yourself. And that, you know, that here we come full circle to the idea of going, you know, that uh, your idea of experimenting or, or risking or, or being able to another my, you know, bumper sticker ideas is fail beautifully. One of my yeah. students once just printed it out and I said, Hey, that's, that's the best gift any kid has ever given me, you know, like giving me a coffee mug or, you know, a book of, you know, Keith's poetry. Gee, thanks. I have a 14 of these at home, but you know, a kid goes, <laughs> a kid made one bumper sticker. Cause I said, I gave away my idea, failed beautifully. And that's, I, I think love that. that's among the, among the best advice, you know, you can have it. If you want to market it, Todd, go for it. Send me a Spotify check. <laughs> Whatever. He said bitterly. We'll get, you some, we'll get you some new mailbox money. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, get me an intern who knows how to do a spreadsheet. It's what it is. So, you know, that's that's all. I mean, it's just the, the, the mere fact of, the mere fact of producing stuff and all, you know, and no matter how much advice you take or consolation you take, what's going to happen? There's almost a fatalistic thing. What's going to happen is going to happen. Luck has so much to do with the music business as well. You know, just sort of like that Steve Martin riff. I'm dropping a lot of names here because I'm friends with Steve Martin and John Lennon. And, um, you know, it's better to be it's better to be lucky than good. Or, or Steve Martin would have said, "How to be a millionaire? First, get a million dollars." You know, there is a certain amount of that. So, I mean, what do you t- what do you do when there's such a glut of stuff as well? I've been shopping for a new publicist for for my new record, which I took a really uh, I'm a little bit a glow in hearing this because I go, boy, I'm a risky artist. I didn't make the same fuzzy jangle pop pop record that I've done the last 14 times this time i made a dance record without drums and you know when you have a glib tagline like that because it's 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 occasioned some interest and uh, i've also you know i've been telling people well it's sort of like as though sid barrett joined new order because i thought i'm dead sick of drums i'm just going to have a kick drum if anything emphasize the songs i have a wonderful drummer in my band but i don't want to rehearse him and tell him you know what to play i'm just gonna i'm everybody's going to be replaced right atms replace tellers you don't have to pay at the pump now drummers are out of a gig i'm sorry if your bumper sticker is drum machines have no soul they also you know don't park back or whatever so you know i think it's uh you know that idea of taking risks i hope i hope that i did you know recently um I think, I think that's a good good idea. You know, don't play it safe. Even if, even if your fans are clamoring for the same, you know, three chord occasional minor thrown in there, um, just do do throw them for a loop. But don't seem like I mean, don't you think that that U two idea of putting uh, here's here's our record whether you wanted it or not, you know, really kind of I don't know. Did you you heard about that right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean when that happened. Yeah. And you know I. I fire up, you know, uh, you know, my, my phone and all of a sudden I've got it on my iPhone, like automatically. And I'm like, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Hey, look, Yeah, you, I mean, I wonder, uh, you wonder if just sort of like, made people resent them and loathe them, the people who, cause they're reviled obviously by lots of people. And yet they're lauded as a, you know, mystical, magical, heavenly experience by, by others. But you know that that was a that certainly was a risk on their part in terms of 
of marketing. I thought it was bold as hell. I thought it was, I thought it was a bold move to say, so let me get this straight. We're going to put our music on the most popular, you know, device and it's just going to be there. Um, no choice. Like, uh, like uh, that's bold. Uh, so I, I, I I mean, that's a term you could use and it seems, it seems incredible. It seems also incredibly, you know, uh, an incredible assumption that, you know, the, like, the, again, you know, a kind of really conceited thing on their part, but they've never known, been known for modesty. So what about, <laughs> let, let me tell, let me ask you about something else of, of late. Um, a couple of records ago, uh, Radiohead, you know, we're talking about huge artists here, uh, and they don't need any of our advice or input at the slightest. They'll do what they'll do because they're protected by their great success and money as well. Their concerns are not, not, not anything that we know about. But, you know, Radiohead says, okay, pay what you want for my record. And, you know, Robert Smith of The Cure was quite vocal about saying, look, you're not allowed to put a value on what I do. And I'll I'll tell you, um, from my own experience, a couple records back, we did a record called Sugar Plum Fairy, Sugar Plum Fairy, where we thought, gosh, we're going to price this really, really low. We're going to go, you know, here's, here's a band that puts out a record every two years. This is the, you know, 30 years of working, there's, there's our 14th record or whatever. You can have this one for, you know, less than five bucks, the full LP, and it utterly backfired. We saw it on, you know, Amazon and other of those monstrous things for, for pennies, you know, very, very quickly. And um, so that there is something to, it seems to me, to the notion of going, you know, if things have to have a value, but until you reach a kind of an, you know, reach a sort of an audience, and by hook or by crook, um, things don't necessarily have a value. You can't just well, go giving your record away. So let me ask you this. So this goes back to like taking the risk to learn, right? I mean, so you did that. You put yeah, that on the map. I won't do that again. I'm not, yeah, so there you go. go. The but, but you oh, had... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's going to be $25 <laughs> per song for my next album. That's right. <laughs> How do you like that? There, yeah. Save up your pence, you know, your shillings and pence, kids, because you're going to have to pay through the nose. Yeah, you know, right. but, but but I guess that that's more of like the macro idea here is right is that you have to that's the experimentation right there, there's no yeah there's there's no formula you know I, I mean unless I guess you have so much fucking money you know already you know like a machine like a big label machine that that has let's say a formula for an artist but even even that expires right that formula eventually expires because um, what's because what's popular gets disrupted. Well, yeah, well, exactly. Right. What's popular gets disrupted by a bunch right. of kids who came out with something genius. Sure, and or people get you know um, one of my one of my favorite bands, the Church, Australian psychedelic jangle band, has put out their twenty fifth album this this year, and I've listened to a bit of it on YouTube, and you. Even fans, I have almost all of their records. Even fans sort of run their course and become sort of done done with done with someone. So, and knowing knowing that, it makes it all the more important, I think, to experiment artistically, like you said, to take risks there. You know, uh, you know, not not just in a business sense, you know, to juggle both of these things, but to really try to do something. Yeah, I mean, if if it's possible, lots of people can't do it. They they do what they do, they do it well, and um, 
and that's just it's not within their 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 wheelhouse as it were to to be able to do that yeah it's it's not so what's your easy. next so what's your what's your next <laughs> thing what are you doing what's your next thing are you mostly a consultant now or and um working in the gulch uh what or are you writing another book or are you making more music what's going on with you uh well all the above um so you know my 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 day-to-day work uh i work at facebook so uh that's my that's my day job that's a good one um i still write music wow good um, thing i didn't say you know good thing good thing i didn't oh, you, launch into talking about how evil facebook is and how desperately <laughs> i want to get off of it I, if i didn't have a book and and music to promote i certainly wouldn't be there but i'm so, really glad i didn't say that totally fair man totally fair um yeah so you know uh, still making music um and you know the book's just out so i'm 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 just you know, get getting the word out, getting to talk with great people like yourself, um, and and just explore these ideas. Like that's what I'm really excited about. Is I feel like I just tapped into something, and some, mm-hmm. and, and and I feel like I'm at the get the precipice, and um, and I'm excited to see where the hell this thing goes because I think it's it's going to become more of like a platform you know, for, for exploration. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, you should go, you're a pretty articulate, you know, uh, for an author, you're a pretty articulate guy. I know I'm just, I'm being facetious, but you know, <laughs> uh, authors like, I mean, I say that because I've gone to a couple readings where the person says like every other word you know, and going, you're, you're supposed to be a writer and you can't, you know, you can't articulate anything, but you're quite eloquent. I think it, it would be a good idea for you to do, to start to do some panels and get yourself, you know, uh, on the, or at least get Tyson and Company to get you in South by Southwest, and um, especially because they 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 love to branch out a little bit. Um, you know, just things like that or NAM, et cetera. We have a lot of conferences where you could try to have them propose a panel for. And certainly, if you need some irascible, um, disaffected um, vet. You know, um, skulking, sulking, and skulking in the corner. I'll, I'll volunteer. I'll be on it right there with you, and I can lob you some softballs as well. But you know, you don't know what you just signed up for, John. You just signed up. Raging against the musical machine. (laughs) Hey, if it means you know somebody flying me up to the right part of California, I'm game. There you go. Or sending a yacht. I'll say I'll sail up there. That'd be good. That'd be better. Getting on a plane. I'll I'll see you in the bay. On your yacht. Okay, very good. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> floundering there. Uh, well, John, I mean, it very was good. This was a lot of fun to- talking with you. Yes, you too, Todd. Good luck for, with everything. And yeah, um, same with I'm, you. I'm sure we solved a lot. Of, I'm sure we solved a lot of artists' problems here. So yeah. um, go ahead and you know, go ahead and go go to my website and um, where you can't, I don't think there's anything you can even buy there. Go to my website and not buy something and just be like everybody else. I don't know, but yeah, good to talk to you. I think that's, you know, that's a good, good place to end. You know, please don't, it'll be like, don't show me in that briar patch. Please don't kids listening. Don't go buy our work. That's right. And, <laughs> and don't buy any them to go and to go to the rare bird website and pick them all up. All right, you take care of yourself. We'll see you in the right California soon. This is John Andrew Frederick, author of The King of Good Intentions 2, Yorkais Aquila, and Fucking Innocent, the early films of Wes Anderson.
This is Todd Pasternak, author of Lessons from the Road, Musicians as Business Leaders.